Hello, loyal listeners. This is Jared. Uh, I'd like to issue a correction for last week's episode. Last week, I told you that every time Iron Fist punched somebody, his fist grew a size. That was incorrect. Actually, uh, his fist does grow every time he punches somebody, but every time he gets punched, it shrinks. And at the end of season one, it's about the size of a watermelon. So we're sorry for that mistake, and uh, we hope that you know that we're going to hold ourselves to higher standards. And welcome to Signs. Cosines. Tangents? Am I tangents? You're tangents. I'm tangents. We'll, we'll get to who you are in a minute, sir. Oh, sorry. Welcome back, loyal listeners. We're here for the second week. Yes, episode two. We, we've survived sweeps. Can they be loyal if we're only on episode two? If they're coming back at this point, they're pretty loyal. Or, yeah, I'm not going to insult our audience. Bored. More than I normally do, <laughs> anyways. Ugh. So, hi, Jared. Hello, Sean Signs. Hi, Brian. Morning hi. Toast. Is that my last name? It's my last name. Brian Morning Toast. That's Tangents. That'd be great. Esquire. I like that name. The third. Esquire. <laughs> so we have Brian Morning Toast Vaughn joining us week. You know him from Four Score Seven Pongs, where he royally kicked my ass <laughs> last time. You bet. It's still 2-2, man. It is. We're even Steven now. You're right. Yeah, so. So when is that going to happen again? Mm. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) You know what that requires? Planning. Uh. Yeah, we're not good at that. Yeah, that's that's why it's a miracle we made to episode two. That's right. Well, we've been doing it for like an hour and a half, so it's not bad. (laughs) Well, no, we haven't been recording for an hour and a half. This is all live. Live. On on Amazon.com. What? Isn't that where we're hosted? No, it's not. No. Okay. Take that plug back. (laughs) (laughs) We don't get advertising money yet. We're not that big. We're we're not YouTubers. Hey, if uh, Capri Sun wants to sponsor us, we're listening. So, Brian, tell us a little bit about yourself as you're joining us. We we did a little bit of the intro last week for who I am and who... uh, you know, Jared is, and figure it's it's your time. You've got exactly thirty seconds. Go. Uh, I'm Brian. How are you? Why should our listeners care? They shouldn't. Brian, um, I believe you have uh, some blog posts on a toy site. I do. I do write for a toy site. What do you site. write about? Toys, video games. I review video games. I get paid to review video games. There you go. I did that once. Yeah, it's not very profitable. <laughs> That's why I don't do that now. <laughs> I do it just to have PayPal money. That's just spending cash right there. What do I write for? I write for uh, TMA Toys. Toy, Toy TMA. You Toy know the website. <laughs> no, the brand is TMA Toys. The website is Toy-TMA. That does not help us that no, are dyslexic. No, it doesn't. It's a horrible domain. We'll make sure to mess that up. I get in paid the show to write. <laughs> so, uh, last episode, we introduced a section what we called quick hits, which were not so, so quick. quick. No. So, we're changing that to tangents. 
because that's what we went on. And we're not talking about gentlemen have, you know, been out in the sun for a while. We're talking about tangents. What? It, it was a bad joke. I don't. I don't get that reference at all. Like gentlemen, tangents, gents. Gentlemen. Oh, that was horrible. Now that I've explained it's it, a it's fifty percent funnier. <laughs> At least 50%. You just stole Mike Berbiglia's whole plot line. I did. So a couple tangents this week. I wanted to talk about the return of Samurai Jack. Do you guys, do you ever watch this show? Yes. I haven't watched the new show. I watched the old show. I can't watch the new show because Adult Swim's streaming it, right? But you have to sign in with your cable account which I don't have cable, but my parents do. I use my parents' cable account to stream Walking Dead and everything else. But Adult Swim has chosen not to choose our market to stream to, so I cannot watch it online. So so, so who's your provider? Time Warner. Well, Spectrum. Spectrum. Hmm. Did you watch the old show? Oh, yeah. You know, what, there's what this option. This option. Just, just let me yeah. throw this by you. You could watch it live. I don't have cable. Okay. Hmm. That is a problem. <laughs> there are ways. It shouldn't be a problem. I'm using a cable account. Why not Why not my market? I'm it could be event fan. viewing. You can come over to Jared's and watch it. For 10 minutes? <laughs> no, they're full are they 22 minutes? Yeah, yeah, they're long. Because there's so, only like 13 of them. Yeah. So for those that aren't familiar with Samurai Jack, it was... <laughs> There are people out there. Not listening to this podcast. Hey, if they're listening, they're probably in the demographic. Samurai Jack was, it aired, it wasn't prime time when it first aired. It was a normal. Uh, seven o'clock, I think. Yeah, it was on uh, uh, the Cartoon Network. It was made by the same creator as uh, Powerpuff Girls and um, Dexter's Lab. It was and Star Wars, Clone Wars. The original. nobody remembers. And I mean that literally. I have them on DVD. You do? Yeah. Those are hard to find, my friend. It was pre-Adult Swim. Yeah, like, it was pre-Adult like when, Swim. when they became their own thing. It wasn't pre-Adult Swim. It, it was, was before the Adult Swim of what we think it is today. Yeah. It was back when in, Adult uh, Swim was the midnight of 1 a.m. Yeah. And then Toonami, that's when Jack was still on the normal network. But he's back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Where was he? So uh, the original series ran for four seasons. And they never finished the story. In fact, the last episode of those four seasons was an- anticlimactic. Um, but they're back. They're on Adult Swim. They're in a time slot that allows them to kick ass. Kick ass, yeah. And I've watched the first two episodes, and it's pretty dark compared to. I mean, the the, the original series was sort of dark, and uh, it was on during a uh, time where they couldn't show blood. Because Jack was only fighting robots. Right. He he didn't kill people. He didn't kill people. G.I. Joe formula. Exactly. So um, the TV standards didn't allow it. I can't say that's changed. Yeah, he killed somebody the second time. He, he stopped killing robots? He uh, killed a person. He didn't know that they weren't a robot. Ooh. So I recommend everybody checks it out. Uh, the first four seasons are on Netflix. It's... It's much different than any cartoon you've ever seen. Um, it relies a lot on show, don't tell. Not a lot of dialogue in a lot of episodes, a lot of action. The sound design in that show and the art are top notch. They always were. Yeah. Well, they're very stylized. So very stylized, but 
not three dimensional. It's it doesn't look like people. Yeah, it's it's very flat. Um, and and the funny thing is, well, not so funny, but for the uh, revival, they chose to do hand drawn an- animation, which in 2017 is uncommon. Not for all of it. They used Photoshop for a lot of it too. Okay, way to ruin the fun. Don't so you somebody still source? had to draw it with a well, pen. Yes. Yeah, because I, I read an interview with uh, Gendy Tartakovsky who was talking about it. They were like, what have you done that's different? Is it is it a whole new thing now, a whole new production? He's like, no, same thing. We just have new tools. You know, instead of uh, Wills doing the you know painting for the backgrounds, it's now just Photoshop. It's now well, just it's new techniques. To me, but. Photoshop is still... Big. What? That was my subtle clue that Brian <laughs> is still pounding on the table while we're recording. There's still a, a different style to it that you wouldn't get from like CGI shows because everything's like a 3D CGI show. Yeah, at days. least it's flat. Yeah. Well, it's flat with depth, right? So right. they layer. Yeah. And and it's, it's very a, action it's driven. It's a normal cartoon. What we know is a cartoon. To, well. <laughs> So yeah, I think it's, it's it's stylized in the way that it picks up a lot of the visual storytelling stelli- ah, visual storytelling techniques of manga. I was gonna say it's very. I would call it an American anime. Pretty close. Right? That's an overused trite. It is, label. but that's um, what he was trying for. Yeah, same yeah. with Powerpuff Girls. I think it's pretty close. So, so cool. that's our first tangent. We'll move on. Uh, let's talk about Destiny Two, Sean. So there's not a lot to really talk about here, except that for those of us who play Destiny, and I've bought all of the expansion content, and I, I've played hours and hours and hours of it, but uh, they, they announced basically that Destiny is coming to an end, the game as it exists right now, and they're preparing for the launch of the sequel that was announced a year ago. So the thing that changed this week was there were some European retailers that leaked some uh, 8x10 or full like movie poster size announcement posters with a September launch date on them. Uh, Activision hasn't really commented too much about it other than to say, hey, there's, you know, it's coming out this year. It's coming out in 2017. So this is probably going to be an E3 thing, but they're going to focus on that pretty hard. That's a almost guarantee. And the question is, is it going to be different? I'm going to I'm going to say it's going to be drastically different than original well, Destiny. How can they make it drastically different and still a, make I, it I think interesting? they'll introduce more RPG elements. Is that what your average shooter fan wants? Uh no, but again, they kind of forced the shooter market into playing first-person Diablo. It, there's an element of that right. if you haven't played Destiny, um, but it's also kind of rinse and repeat. Don't uh, worry, that's just a sports update. Yeah, we have them every episode. Do I need to? Do I need to be reporting that? <laughs> no, <we're laughs> no. Okay. No. <laughs> this uh, is live. <laughs> I'll, I'll call them out as they come up. <laughs> yeah, funny. We did that last week. Uh, where was I? Uh, Destiny so two. The MMO kind of rinse and repeat formula that they used with destiny was really bad at launch you'd go and you had these open world kind of sandbox maps with continuously respawning enemies and it evolved a little bit over the last few years but it's still basically the same and i felt out of the the set classes that the play style was pretty similar for all of them there wasn't any melee like tech character 
the playstyle mm. was, you know, I would say pretty narrow. Well, I'd actually counter that and say that at least two of the classes had heavily melee-influenced capabilities. So your kind of scout ranger class had the ability to throw a dagger or, you know, kind of... There was an entire subclass around that, dagger skills. Then you also had a their tank class, right? The, I forget what it's called, Guardian or something like that, where they have this giant hammer, or and they ground pound, and it's it's not really melee, right? You're not getting into a fist fight, but at the same time, it's better than I'm shooting you with my gun. Yeah, and the uh, the class I chose uh, had a melee attack, but again, the cooldown time was so vast that you weren't able to use it. No. So, as somebody who's played lots of hours, you didn't optimize your build. Thanks, Sean. Because <laughs> you can get it to the point where you've got characters that regenerate all of those skills rapidly. So let's talk Destiny 2, because that's what we're supposed to be talking about. Are we? Yeah. Well, So I've actually shared almost everything we know <laughs> about it, which is we've been told it's coming out this year. It's, it's so a game. It's a we game. We know it's a game. It's a video game. For your video consoles. And they're saying that you will be able to carry your character forward in some way. That deep character customization that you had. But you don't get to keep your junk. So, nothing. Well, they haven't revealed how you're going to transition. But what they are doing right now, and this is where we kind of... Yeah, I'm I'm not listening to the words I'm saying before I say them, of course. So what I'm saying <laughs> is that uh, basically you're going to carry forth your legacy, but you're not going to have all the loot that your character is equipped with. Which is most of your character-defining traits Absolutely. other than your class. Yeah, what people do for hours in these games or this game with all its expansions is mine loot. Question. Yes. Destiny. So it's a shooter, like first person. Third person. Third person. And first person. It's Both. first person. Call of Duty or Gears of War? Way. What? Call, Call of Duty. Duty or Gears of War? You can switch out, but it's primarily first person. It's okay. actually Halo. Okay. Because it's spongy. But you got to go around picking up stuff? Yeah. Like inventory style? Yeah, it's very much like Diablo. It's like, oh, look, I got a new gun. Is that stronger than this gun? Oh, it's slightly stronger. Oh, it has fire. Okay, I guess I'll swap it out. I don't know if I really like it. Hey, I have 17 guns. Let me get rid of them. Gotcha. And then I'll scrap them to Sell, right? craft a new gun. Naturally. That would be <laughs> slightly better than the gun that you have. Right. But in... in they don't have like character progression past a certain point. You, your progression is all about your gear. Okay. So, so you, you don't like level up in the classic sense. You do. That you, oh, okay. Until you hit a certain level, and then you stop leveling up. And yeah. it's all about: Do I have this piece of armor that gives me what's called light to make my effective level higher? It's right. just weird. So you got to run around finding the rare things to craft into your stuff, right? You have to farm them. Okay. Yeah. Is it open world too? Like endless kind of thing? Or? Not really. It's like, hey, you're on Earth, you're on Mars, you're on the moon, right? These are planets you can go to, but it's just like a giant area. The moon is not a planet. Technically correct. Gotcha. Okay. Well, in this game it is. Right. No, it's not. No, it's not. Okay. Just checking. Because <laughs> like, I've been uh, uh, 
out of date of the of shooters lately. So the the Overwatches, the Destinies, the Titanfalls, I get them all confused because I haven't really paid attention to any of them to know what's what. So I'm just, Des- just Destiny need to get str- clear. At least my favorite characteristic of that game is just the shooting. The shooting is really solid. It okay. came and the enemy, like the waves of enemies and how they constantly give you harder enemies and, and so is there really, AI in it too or is it all just yeah, fight each you're other you're fighting AI it's okay. co-op versus AI it's not really there is a PVP element to it but nobody's playing it for that but it's uh, well again I, I said nobody that means not, actually there are a large number of people the draw that. of that game is not the PVP for you is it just online or is it same yeah. because there a campaign I don't know there's right. not really the, yeah there is a campaign but it's uh, jump in, jump out at any point in time for co-op. Yeah, there's storylines, oh. and then there's scenarios. And then there was the whole story element of Destiny that you had to search the uh, website to figure out. Yeah, there's some... R- we could do That's a kind of cool. on web- Like Minecraft. You don't really know how to do anything unless you go look it up. Not anymore. Right. Yeah. We talked about that last time. We did. Okay, so anyway... Sorry. All we know <laughs> at this point, which we didn't know a week ago... It's called Destiny 2. It's a video game. And it's, it's published out. by Activision. Yes. And it's coming out in September. Yes. Probably That's 60 bucks. Well, let's be fair. We think it's coming out in September. Well, no, it's not going to be $60 because if it follows the motto of the original Destiny game, they're going to have twenty pack D- $20 DLC, $20 DLC, $20 DLC. It's probably going to be oh. well over $120 for the full So they just have game. a core and then you just download stuff? Pretty much. So is like the, expansions. Do you have to buy a new core or is it on the old Destiny core? And then you just it's, So they do yeah. resell the core with whatever level to try and So if I want people? Destiny 2 and I have Destiny 1, I don't have to worry about it. I just have to buy the $20 DLC? No. Oh. No, it's, this is a whole new, new This is engine. like Diablo okay. 2 to okay. Diablo 3, sort of. Good comparison. All okay. right. Moving on. <laughs> As we lead into our uh, main subject, more Star Wars? Well, okay. So if anybody didn't notice, there was this small art house film that came out last year called Star Wars Rogue One. Mm, Okay. Tell me more about this. About the people that are mentioned in a five-word sentence in the original crawl. Oh, the Bothans? That's not in Star Wars. That. Uh, yeah, my Star Wars geek is showing. The Bothans were the second Death Star. Right, nerd. <laughs> yeah, because you're completely credible in calling me that. Uh, but what I wanted to get to with this item is Rogue One did really well. I preferred it over Episode 7. 7. Yeah. Force Awakens was all about nostalgia. Rogue One was also about nostalgia. The, the difference for a lot of people was that The Force Awakens kind of retold the same story as Star Wars. Rogue One actually took a very different approach and led into it more directly and the characters... Yeah, the plot was way more important than the characters in that. They really didn't have any character development in that movie. Well, I just like that it, it was, to me, original. Yeah, it was. It felt like an original movie with some familiar trappings that I'm used to, whereas Episode 7 was, like you said, the same story with a few new here and there's. And I don't want to linger on Rogue One too much, but my favorite aspect was they weren't bound by the crawl, the cinematography, the way they shot scenes, the wipes, 
the yep. sound design and just the angles they showed the uh, ships and everything. It was it was really. I brilliant. like I like that. I genuinely didn't know how it was going to end. Yeah, other than what? Other than you the, didn't uh, know how it was going to end. Well, yeah, obviously <laughs> that. But like the characters and what happens to them and who they yeah. were, I have no idea who they were, where they were, where they were going. So it was. I thought it was much better, to be honest. But I agree with you for once. Ha. Yeah. I actually agree, too. So, mm. sorry. Oh, this is your show. We have so. a quorum. <laughs> it's my show. So, so, again, what about Star Wars? It's just they're pumping them out every year now for the next... <laughs> well, so Kathleen Kennedy, who's the president of Lucasfilm, as part of the media per... Or not per... Um, media campaign that's going for the release of Rogue One on digital and Blu-ray is talking about how, look, we proved this is a successful formula for movies. We're going to do these side stories. We're going to expand the Star Wars universe in ways that don't necessarily tie back to the great saga of the Skywalker family, which is the foundation of the Star Wars movies, right? So with this, they had a success. It did really well. People generally, generally liked it. The problem is... We've now got another movie on in in the pipeline, and Han like, Solo as a kid. Yeah, I I. And they're gonna make it a trilogy. What? I hadn't heard that piece. Yeah, that's kind of what the rumors are: is they're gonna turn the whole Han Solo prequels into a trilogy. Well, and this movie is supposed to only cover like four. It's well, not I say only. That's weird. In a movie, it's covering four years of his life, supposedly introducing you to Chewbacca and how they met, and introducing Lando Calrissian. And, and I mean, I think nostalgia is, is a limiting factor here. You can only... T- uh, do we care? How, didn't, didn't George Lucas fall into this trap with Anakin Skywalker? Is it a matter of the thought or the execution well <laughs> because my problem I mean, we have how many marvel movies at this point well i was gonna and go we there still care about what like i mean i, I don't i, I don't. do <laughs> i i here's my wallet like i will go to those it Shut is if you look at just merely the plot points or the characters you're like this is dumb but they're entertaining they definitely are my issue here is sometimes no clear backstory is, is far more interesting I oh agree. I, I agree uh, 100% on that. I, I agree with that with endings, too. Ambiguous endings. Like, oh, I'm not going to tell you how this ended. Figure it out. I love that kind of stuff. I yeah. love when your imagination has to kind of fill in the blanks. But So you're telling me there's no other interesting people in the Star Wars universe than the people we've already met? Um, I really want to know about... Uh, what is it? Dr. Evazon? <laughs> you want to know about his, I his wanna, death mark? Yeah, exactly. We, well, we saw him in Rogue One. I want a trilogy on that. You know what? Give Disney time. <clears throat> if there's enough money behind it, after they do their experimental scenes, I'm sure they'll make it. I want to know the origin story no. of the guy that made the probe that shot lasers randomly. I want to I want to hear his side. Accurate Industries, I think, is the company that makes that. Yeah. Nerd. Sure. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why they're they're insectoid. There's actually a protocol droid made by the same company that has a. I don't know why we need all the origin stories. I don't. Period. I, I think we're tired of them. Why don't we just show people like? 
Well, superhero movies, you talked about Marvel. Yeah. Marvel keeps telling origin stories. People like origin stories. Generalization. They Whatever head to the concept, and this is a Star Wars concept. To. We're talking over each other now, but this is a Star Wars concept. In media res, Bless jump you. in the middle of the story in an action beat, and people will ride with you. Exactly. I don't disagree with you, but people still go buy tickets for origin stories is all I'm saying. Okay. Because it says Star Wars and it says Marvel on the box. You think it's a brand thing? Absolutely. DC hasn't managed that. No. Their brand's not as strong, clearly. I, I would think- argue that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Try a Batman. <laughs> well, I think that's the problem of the DC, uh, DCU, the their online cinematic universe. They have the opposite problem. They did not give us the origin stories. Batman, sure. Throw him in the middle. How many times do we have to see Batman's parents get shot? has never had a cinematic debut. Now we are getting one. Yeah. And Aquaman. But they're doing Justice League this year. Yeah, so Wonder Woman gets the advantage of coming out before Justice League. And then you're like Cyborg and Flash and Aquaman all come out like the next three years. But DC better up their execution then. Because that's their problem. Yeah, yeah. Is they got I, a, they I, got a bad rap now. They, you can only fail so many times before people just go. But they'll still make money. I well, say scrap still, it. They'll and start still release over. the movies and people will I'm, still go I see them. I have no interest in watching any of those movies just on based on the first two. I want to see Wonder Woman uh, badly. I she's one of my favorite characters. I and we'll it. get your review right on this show. <laughs> well, we will. Comes out. So the 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 valley of disappointment may be pretty harsh on that one but so far i'm excited I don't so know. so back to the whole reboot origin story star wars where were you leading with this that my the leading fact that is we've got planned star wars for the next next de- ugh, next decade and that this previously kind of well-kempt franchise is now kind of just getting bloated i think it went the opposite so we had this franchise that had a vise around their cinematic outings, right? It was only George Lucas. George Lucas said, you know, I'm tired of making these films. I'm going to sell this off. Disney bought it. Disney did the Marvel treatment. They said, we're going to do a phase two, a phase three. We're going to have side stories. We're going to do animation, all of this. And for those of us who are addicted to Star Wars because it had such a big impact on our youth, we keep encouraging this behavior. And it's not necessarily bad. My my fear no, keep going. is that it becomes more about milking the space cow till there's nothing interesting left. Well, they, they choose not to do anything interesting by rehashing the characters that we already know. Like you were saying, like, you know, let's do Han, let's do Lando, let's do Chewie. It's like, okay, we know those people. Half of us have that story in our brain. Right. Either from childhood or, and I'm not talking about books and all the other stuff. I'm not pure what you see in the movies. It's like, that's already in my brain. So I'm going to play Deadville's Advocate. Okay. Which I don't normally play. Do you own that? No, it's usually like, my role. I like everything. Um, <laughs> is this not the same problem that comics have? They, You know, DC, Marvel, they've tried to introduce people that have taken up characters. Like, let's say Sam Wilson taking up Captain America. Right? Mm-hmm. People are still clamoring to have the original Steve Rogers back as Captain America. There's still that that desire for that character, that depiction. Maybe not 
let's just move everything that's going on with Captain America to the side. <laughs> you saw that look on my face. I did. You're like, I know where let's he's just going. Let's move that to the side. Um, but I mean, you know, they try to introduce new characters to take up the mantles to kind of show, like, hey, we're going to make a comic about Nightwing. I'm going to tell you right now, Batman, I'd rather see Batman. Um, I actually read the Nightwing comics. I'm not saying it's bad. They're I'm good. S- I'm saying that people are always going to be drawn to those those other characters because they're just so cemented. Okay. Do, right. do you get what I'm going at? Yeah, I do. So, yeah, I with Rogue One, they gave us completely new characters with a cameo from uh, Senior Darth Vader. He was the best scene in the movie. Actually, they revamped... I mean, they re... What's the word? They... Reshot? No. <laughs> they re, uh, What's the word? They re, redeemed that character. Oh, yeah. He became in that a badass because of that one scene. He's not this whiny little boy yeah. who who was obsessively stalking this, you know, senator. And it made you it made me want to see more of that Darth Vader on the big screen, which yeah. they finally matched what was in our brain exactly. a long time ago. Yeah. You know. So, here's here's the question. Would you rather see a badass Darth Vader movie with with that power or never see him again in any of the film? I think he's a factor in the universe, but I don't want him to be the focus. No. So, so you guys are okay? Like, we're never going to see him on film again? Use him sparingly. Yes. So you guys are like a sprinkle of Darth Because Vader. his story has been told. He's a sidekick now to me. Like, but, so you're not saying you don't want to see him. You're just saying don't focus use on Use him, him when necessary, not as an obligatory way to, to satisfy. And that's, and that's what thing I remember when the Rogue One was doing all their trailers and they finally they made Darth Vader. And I went, God damn it. Like, can't we just have – and I know it was – he's in that timeline, right? I got yeah. that. But I kind of went – it made me worry that it was they were going to focus a lot on Darth Vader. And I was like, can't we just get away from and him? And we did. And thank God we did. And, yes. and they used him properly in that movie every now and then to further the plot, to establish that character, this character, and their relationships, and that's fine. But uh, th- that's the way it needs to be going forward. We've exhausted Darth Vader. The, to me, the 7, 8, and 9 – that needs to be the end of Luke and so, and be done. So let's do Kylo Ren, Darth Vader 2. Right. He's not. I, I know he's not, but there's obviously an inspiration. He's Anakin 2. Yeah, he right. is. He's a better depiction of Anakin. Which means he won't become <laughs> Darth Vader until seven more movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So my biggest con- concern, and it really is a concern, I have no power to influence any of this. And, and my perspective is not going to change anybody from going out and watching Star Wars movies. Nonsense. Is, I, I, I don't think we need to be super protective of Star Wars. It's a commercial brand. We all get out of it what we want. We have other ways to experience stories. I think this Star Wars thing is going to be just fine. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I'm just... You know, geeking out, I guess. Going, do we need all of these stories? Tell they haven't. Han Solo, in this trilogy, isn't anything new. They may knock my socks off and show me some new aspect of Han Solo that I care about, but honestly, I'd rather have him be a peripheral character in that story. That's what made him so great. I do want to say one thing about that: is the whole actor character. Well, there's another risk. When I when I see uh, Robert Downer Jr. Jr. What Robert Who is Downey that? Jr. 
He is Tony Stark in in the MCU, not in the comics, but he is that character. So it's going to be very hard to untie that in future. When they recast. And I I feel that way about Han Solo. Han Solo is Harrison Ford. So this brings us to a point we'll talk about in a minute when we get to our main topic. Spider-Man doesn't have that. Tobey Maguire is not Spider-Man for me. Exactly. You can just keep throwing... There hasn't been (sighs) the one Spider-Man yet. Emo Spider-Man. So I do want to talk on one more thing uh, that kind of leads us into the topic. It's on the same the same platter so to speak there are two games coming out hopefully this year red dead redemption 2 last of us 2 and then another god of war and another thing that's probably part of a franchise where are the, where are the new franchises well we've seen one horizon horizon zero dawn yeah and all indications is that it's the beginning of a great kind of adventure let's whisk back well, Last of Us was the last generation's horizon. Right, but I feel like we're not getting introduced to new worlds as often as we used to. Well, and, and it's funny you mentioned both That's Last of Us and Red Dead. Red Dead is a prequel. Last of Us is a sequel. So the prequel, again, you always have this risk when you play a, pe- a prequel or you read a prequel book or watch a prequel movie. Is it going to fundamentally change my understanding of the other story is it going to add anything or enhance it see red dead redemption they've got an easy out set it in the west make it grand theft auto in the west throw a story in there you've got red dead redemption too you don't have to use which is unfortunate because red dead redemption is nothing like that well i'm downplaying it a little bit it is i mean it's not what it is right it's an open world game set in the old west what we think of the old west right that's all they have to do to make a sequel right the grand theft autos have barely anything to do with each other same settings references but and we're not going to grand theft auto for the story most of the time mm. but they can do the same thing with with red dead redemption 2 the last of us is inherently character based yes and the the original creators and the people who drove those stories are no longer at Naughty Dog. Yeah. Matter of fact, one of them is making Star Wars games. <laughs> so it's it's kind of interesting how this is all playing. To your point, are we just retreading the same thing over and over and over again? Now risk. Could, could, Let's talk about risk. Let's talk about business. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the board game risk. No, well, I hate that board. I game. could use that. I don't have enough time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take us longer to set up the conversation <laughs> just like playing the game uh, it's it's all about the cost of making AAA games we don't see new intellectual property because most publishers and first and third party are not willing to risk a complete and total failure for a game that takes six years to make requires a staff of 200 and has a huge marketing budget but do we need, does every game have to be a triple A game? And, you know, does the indie scene have to pick up the slack? I have hmm. Nintendo, for example. There's lots of odd Nintendo titles. They've stopped making those odd titles. They're just going to main franchise entry to main franchise entry. The weird experiment games that Nintendo would kind of push out have become third party less often, and third parties are picking them at slack. And the same thing I would say would happen with uh, AAA games, or at least games from major publishers. So we had a, a period of that in the early 2000s, 
and the Xbox right when it transitioned to the 360 and the PS3, PS3, or PS4 transition. We saw a lot of that. We had kind of secondary publishers who weren't first and weren't third party. They weren't indie, but they were experimenting. Like, oh, God, I'm trying to remember the name of the one who published Psychonauts. Not not the creators of Psychonauts, but the ones who published it. Majesco, I think it was the company. So they did a lot of those types of games that you're talking about. They experimented with new IP. They they tried different ways to get unique games to market. And it's not a direct reason, but they're not around anymore. They didn't succeed. But it's funny you mention that because those games did have a following, mm-hmm. right? And now oh, yeah. we've moved into the Kickstarter realm. Yes. So do you think we'll see more familiar IPs or IP introductions from a publisher, a major publisher. I think that... Do you think they'll go down that route of saying, hey, you know us. Let's just say Activision. I'm just going to throw that out there. We're Activision. You know us. We're not sure about this game idea. Here's an idea that we have. So Square does that right now. Square Enix actually has these kind of new game concept bake-offs. I, I don't want to throw Japanese publish or, uh, no, developers no, no, in here because they're it, still... I, it's part of the Eidos yeah. brand, okay. right? Um, so we got to remember that Square Enix is also Eidos. Yeah. And so if you actually are following their game club, you see that they put out these kind of prototype games. And, you know, members of the club can say, hey, I want to see this developed or that developed. Um, and, and you bring up Kickstarter, which is interesting because it's not publishers doing Kickstarters, it's studios. Yeah, they're, so, cutting, they're cutting out the middleman. And going direct, yeah. but they're not because they end up going back to publishers because Kickstarter alone can't make them successful. To me, Kickstarter is a way that these people get their game made to say, hey, look, buy me. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Right, but do you not think that the success of some of these games... Uh, Shovel Knight, Ukulele, these kind of formats that have kind of lapsed. You know, they're making a significant amount of money at this point. Well, look at all the Obsidian games. Yeah. So Pillars of Eternity, Tyranny, those games. So do you think that these big publishers will diversify? Or do you think they're just going to keep publishing Red Dead 2, Red Dead 3? It's 18 times bigger than the first Red Dead, and you can ride two horses at the same time. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, my perspective is that we've never only, don't you love that, been focused on publisher, big publisher games. The industry has, does not thrive on that. Innovation comes from smaller publishers, smaller developers, studios. And Nintendo. <laughs> Sorry, fanboys shout out of the week. <laughs> Bing! Big surprise. Anyway. So back on point, uh, it's we're in a cycle that repeats. Where we saw the video game crash. Yes. Question: okay. How much? So how much does the I'm trying to get my f- terminology right here? The d- the distributor, mm-hmm. publisher, your Activisions, your Microsofts. How much does that drive your opinion versus who actually made the game? Developers are who drive my game because to me I don't care if it's released by Activision or I guess Blizzard's the same thing or Microsoft or whoever else but if say Platinum is behind it or Sega is making the game yeah 
I'll buy it. I don't care how it gets to me. But the I distribution doesn't matter. I don't think a lot of people no. look to that. They don't understand that the same people, you know, when they have those videos brought to you by the same people that gave you. <laughs> Give me an example. Horse armor. Horse armor <laughs> comes. Oh, that's Bethesda. They don't really count in this Chinchilla context. armor. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, unless they put that out in the trailer, I don't think a lot of people pick up on that. Um, no. I think your average consumer is tied to a big brand. So they're tied to the nostalgia. Which leads Whoa, whoa, whoa. How is that tied to nostalgia? Because they go, they flock to what they know. But that has nothing to do with nostalgia. It, has nothing it is. It not necessarily. It's, it's brand familiarity. Yeah, that's yeah, different. Same thing. Oh, no. Everything's nostalgia these days. No, not necessarily. You mean like Mighty Number no. 9? Yeah, exactly. That's nostalgia. <laughs> That's nostalgia. I'm going to do a whole episode of Mighty Number no. Dumpster Fire at some point. But. <laughs> All right. So let's let's transition. So it's, I think we're at a good midpoint. Okay. <laughs> that was your trigger. Cue. Oh, by the way. I, I'm still working on that. So let's uh, let's go. Where, where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> Lock them and load them, ladies. It's go time. What have we got? Hold on, hold on. Who was I supposed to kill again? Yeah, right. That doesn't matter. Okay. Bingo. <laughs> I'm a I'm a gonna win. Bingo. So that leads us into this week's uh, subject of the lure of nostalgia. Brought to you by Kevin Clyde. Were members only jackets? Or is that that's not a thing? Right? That's not a thing. You may know also nostalgia <laughs> as these familiar little dudes. Remember addicts? Remember? Hey, hey, remember Ghostbusters? Oh, I remember. Remember Slimey? Slimey. How could someone think these things are bad? So, the member berries. Yeah. Gotta love. If you gotta steal something, stealing from South Park. Yeah. I can't feel bad about that. So they just nailed it with those things. I got a whole say. season. I know they just got back on track. And, yeah. it, and it, you, if you came in at the end, you thought it was all about, you know, the, the election. And it started out with them being mad about the Force Unleashed, or not for at least um, Awakens. It woke up. <laughs> the Force it hasn't been unleashed <laughs> yet. Right. It's getting. It's it's taken a break, but then it's going to unleash itself. The Force is inconvenienced. Yeah, that's the sequel perturbed <laughs> but this brings us to a point and and i honestly want to have a discussion about this which is what makes old things seem better why why do we we nostalgize these things because they were original at the time okay but we know they're not original now why no. do we still want them because we like them because it's incredibly easy to just look at something and go i already lived through that why do I need it again? I can just go and do that. Well, we know that from a business perspective, right? Right. It's a formula. It's a safe bet. Sure. But I'm not talking about that. That that piece makes perfect sense. There, there is math behind that. 
what I'm talking about is as I was told there'd be no math. <laughs> we have to have a reference in every episode, don't we? Um, but where I was going with this is as consumers, because we're not people, we're consumers. Why do we keep getting on this train? What is it that they're using to lure us? So this goes back into my discussion of AAA games compared to kind of my... Let's talk about Ghostbusters. And I'm not talking about the reboot. Let's talk about a movie like that coming out in 2017. It would look ridiculous. Wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. I think some things are an element of their time. Why do you uh, think it a, wouldn't work? There's a... It wouldn't. It wouldn't be a. It would be an art film now. Ghostbusters yeah. of '84 released now would be an indie thing. No big studio there's, would get behind a, a movie. It has big named actors, comedians. Not at the time. Well, yeah. They yes, were. it did. Yeah, they were. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Ernie Hudson. <laughs> okay. I love Ernie Hudson. <laughs> He's a, an amazing character actor. Not the point. Right. You had big named actors. They were. You had well, a let's, let's let's back big, up. They hold weren't. on. No, let me finish. Okay. Sorry. You had a big sorry. director. You had a, a well-known screenwriter, well, screenwriters, and you had, at the time, good special effects in a fantasy film. Why wouldn't it work? It's it's almost the formula for what we see in big bus, big blockbusters. Because, because people that, aren't familiar with it. Well, that movie is also now not uh, blockbuster enough from a presentational standpoint. You're talking about the story beats? I'm talking about the visuals. What sells now being, well, you know, okay. big so budget if you're, stuff. There were no attractive... The main cast was not attractive There were no attractive males. people. They were known, granted, and they were they were bankable stars, but the, the, the effects and the action is like nil in that well, movie. Well, okay, so you, I think you have a false premise. If you're saying, if I took that movie and released it today, we, and you said not to talk about this... You wanted to exclude I, it. I didn't say Which was the reboot. Yeah, sure. Bring up the reboot. Let's okay. talk about the reboot. So I haven't seen it. I have. I've seen it 128 times. <laughs> I've seen Literally. it a It few is my less. daughter's favorite movie. And so it's to the point I was trying to make. So if we took the same premise, used the same characters even, didn't do the whole gender swap and all that stuff, and then used modern special effects, I think it would be just as big a hit. As a matter of fact, it, the the special effects in the new one, the, the whole movie is a special effect. The old yeah. movie had three special effects moments with the ghosts. Because of money at the time. Well, either way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why that happened. The point is that's – and I didn't I, – having seen Ghostbusters, the 84 Ghostbusters, six times in one day, I never really realized how few – Effects were actually in it. It's yeah. mostly talking comedy, which is why I was amazed my daughter would even sit through it. She's four. okay. So there's the point you were driving at. It's the presentation of a story, the way the story's delivered, that, in your opinion, wouldn't sell. It would no. He was asking if it was. It would be a big, a big movie studio thing that they would make a triple A exactly. Thing, and I don't think they would go for yeah. it. So. There's a word out there, and I don't know what it is, but it's for... <laughs> That's really helpful. I know. There's a word. There's a word out there. Always is. It's basically that something couldn't be created in a different period in time. I don't know what the word is. Um, Impossible? <laughs> but things are are part of a time, and they couldn't be recreated to the same effect in a new period. It's about time. the factors in a society that yeah, go into making... It's make a cultural exactly. thing. Yeah. 
Um, a product of the time. Exactly. When we say that, there's there's an actual word for it. I'll look it up. It will be in the show notes, hopefully. <laughs> you heard that. He just committed to writing. Um, but I feel a lot of those things that we saw in the 80s were a product of the 80s. The 80s can never exist again in my eyes. We're trying. We're trying, right? <laughs> um, well, But society does this all the time. Sure. The 60s were a thing in the 90s. They wanted to rebuild the 60s in the 90s with 90s sensibilities. Those people were 30-somethings then. We had the whole Mad Men era, right? So Mad Men had this resurgence in the 2000s, in 2010s, early 2010s. Uh, Stranger Things was set in the 80s. We're trying to recapture that. There's a difference, though, between cashing in on something that your audience remembers and cashing in on not. Mad Men might have been good, but none of us at this table have memories of that era. Not at all. I have memories of Stranger Things era. So there's totally Mad Men worked because it was different to us. We hadn't seen stuff like that ever, unless you watched reruns, which don't exist. Except anymore. for Sean. Fair enough. <laughs> but you know, like I'm so much older. Yeah, thanks, but, guys. But, you know, we watch Stranger Things because I remember Ghostbusters. You know, I that that's a memberberry show. So for me, Stranger Things was I was one of those kids. Right. That oh, was yeah. perfect let's, for my let's, year. Let's back up because this leads into our topic. <gasps> oh my God. Stranger Things was something original. Yes. But. It kind of used that formula. Think about the music in that show, the way it was shot, and sort of like the it whole... It was familiar without The whole rehashing. element of like three kids saving the world. But here's the other thing. And it, it, didn't, is, it isn't a pure nostalgia play because there's entire two generations... That never saw it and never experienced it. And they still love the yes. show because yes. it's about the characters that's and the story. That's not nostalgia. That's just quality Nostalgia is like an icing, right, in that setting? It isn't always... But I would the, say the, that nostalgia is what gets me to watch it. That that wasn't why I watched it. But that's it. not why I stay with it. And I was I was telling my wife like think of horror movies, right? A common plot device in horror films is like Teenagers. I don't have cell reception. <laughs> my car won't start. Or think, these two teenagers are having sex. Bad. That was actually all of them, yeah. It was in all <laughs> horror movies. That was the 80s yeah. formula. But Part of the element of Stranger Things goes to they're not easily able to contact each other, right? They're they're maybe in the same neighborhood, but they can't just say like, doot, 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 doot. no, hey, there's trouble coming. That's a whole. That's what I mean. Like uh, that sort of horror that like can only exist in that time. Yeah, realm. that's why we're going to see a lot more movies and TV shows exist pre two thousand because it's too easy for people to go. Why didn't they just look it up? Exactly. <laughs> we have to Google. Google that shit, you know? It's exactly. Like, <laughs> or 2004 so, or whatever. And I think that's, uh, they use those horrible plot devices to not make something original. It's like, oh, well, the internet's hacked. Or uh, I'm control. you know. They use the time without using the tropes. Is that the right word? Yeah. yeah. Of like, you know, just redoing well, it. Well, Stranger Things did. Yes, yes, yes. Whereas most things fall back on tropes. Yes, that's the problem. That's yeah. that. That's the, and no- so that's, that's, that's the difference of nostalgia versus selling versus not nostalgia versus selling. Right. So that leads into the other thing. Are there no new ideas? No. No. And no. we've known that for centuries. Yeah. All you can do is present it in different ways and wait long enough for it to be new to a whole a majority of people. You know, Mad Men is not going to be new to my dad, who's 71 years old, but it's going to be new to all of us who are right. 40 and under or yeah, 45 and, and, and under. Well, and we never worked in the advertising era when sure. the, those things were the way Matter. business was done. Yeah. And we did work in the media. Brian and I yeah. both worked in the media. But that's just a setting. It. So you're right. But Mad Men's key selling point was kind of the 
horrible people in advertising in the late 60s. Yeah, Mad Men's selling point was the style of the 50s or the 60s or whenever, whatever that course and every, was. Everything in today's style is like corporate greed and everything, right? That's well, that's common. 80s. Let's well, just think well, about I think it. It's, I think that's coming back. It, it all boils down to themes. Think about it. And think about video games. I was thinking about that recently, too, where it's like, you know, you, you can play the same game over and over. Red Dead, that's a Western. I'm not into Western, but you play it in, in with machine guns, and it's the same It's the same game, but it appeals to me differently with machine guns, and you like right. Old West, and you like sci-fi, so you can put the same game on Mars with laser guns. It's, it's the same thing. You just have to theme it differently, and those different people will buy a it. A great example of that is uh, Far Cry Blood Dragon. Whoa. Is that one game, or is that four it, words? It's one game. <laughs> I had to every word every word it. there is pretty awesome. <laughs> but it was and it was exactly what we're talking oh, about was where that they the rehash like the So it was a, an expansion one. to Far Cry. Yeah, yeah, okay. And it was neon it, t- it played on yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. action movie tropes, it played on the sci-fi kind of yeah. 90s well 80s cuz the synth pop. Right. Kung Fury. Kung Fury. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that movie, but I'm old. And right, I saw that, the parody. That's a pure nostalgia play. Kung Fury is. Yeah. That, that's not going to appeal to anybody over the under the age of, of whatever, 30, or who, who has right. any of those things, because so you'll be asking too many questions. And that's what Stranger Things did really well, is they presented it in a time period. You took it as a period piece, not as a nostalgia piece, because you didn't have to ask, why is that? What is that? There were no references that made people out of the moment to suspend their, break their suspension of disbelief to, to continue. Whereas Kung Fury... <laughs> Everything there is some sort of reference to something, and if it's not going to be funny, yeah, unless so, you know it. Going back to video games, isn't this why Duke Nukem failed when they relaunched it? Because it was too dependent on those tropes from the '90s that made it successful. Probably, and those tropes are also way out of style now. And the and gameplay. Yeah, I think I went back into the member berries. People remembered that game being so cool and awesome. It and, wasn't. And it wasn't. Yeah, it didn't hold up. Something, Actually, something... the whole point of the game was to make fun of that emerging gameplay style and to use these tropes to show how over the top the Doom Space Marine was, <laughs> right? And to put this larger-than-life character because you couldn't tell a story with that format at that point. You didn't have cutscenes. You didn't have these, you know, all these techniques that we've developed over the last 20, 30 years. They weren't, they were in their infancy. So you had to rely on quips and one-liners. So the modern audience, I think this goes to your point, Brian, don't care about quips and one-liners. The, the I'll be back doesn't mean anything. They've anymore. been living it. Yeah. They live in that time. We grew up... Well, Twitter is quips and one-liners. but it's that difference of, you know, my kid is four, she's almost five, and, you know, she's going to know all this stuff already. She grew up with it. We had moments in our life where we got to it, and we experienced that first time. And, and, you know, everything is a cycle, so I'm sure one-liners are great in the Marx Brothers era, too, because it was just straight-up gags and jokes, but we didn't experience that. We got to experience the, the... 80s stuff and the yeah, one-liner the yeah and and the tropes that came out of that that were probably just a rehash of something else but we didn't know any better so it's like it's it's that difference of going through it versus not going through it so are we solid on the point that there isn't anything new coming it's all about new presentations no i think there is new stuff i think we just we notice it a lot more when it happens we kind of stand back and go oh that's new but I think it's a lot rarer. Okay. Just because of how exposed we are through the internet, through well, YouTube. Well, and I think 
I'm gonna I'm gonna turn that around. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk. No, over you me. totally talked over me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get notes on that. Yeah. Uh, notes. Who's taking notes? We're in an era where anybody can publish, create, and share anything. It, exactly. And I think that's led to a higher quality of things, for the most part. Higher quality uh, of mainstream, or a higher quality in general. In general. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Um, just because people know what they can find and what they want, I don't think. I mean, th- we still have those stupid movies that come out, and you see a trailer for it, and you're like, "Who's gonna go watch that?" That still happens, but I don't think those are as frequent as they were when we were growing up. Like, movies were like a hit or miss. Like, we're gonna go, "Oh, the trailer looks good." Like, "Oh, that sucked." We we find out instantly when things are good or bad. I read an article recently about movies in terms of how I forget where it was, probably. Verge or Vox or something like that where they were talking about the usual it was the classic trend of movies where you have your blockbusters at a certain period like the summer and then it would trail down and you'd have this kind of wave and you'd have your your mid-level budget movies that would come out to fill time and how that doesn't happen anymore it's right. movie theater is all big budget the mid-budget is now Netflixy and yeah, exactly. everything else and, That's the and even art TV house or comedy specials yeah. Netflix but, is the comedy stand-up. which is why I think partly goes to, to as far as released movies in the theaters, why you get exhausted? I get exhausted with it because they're all that they're all turned up all the time. There's not a lot of like, oh, I just want to go see just a a movie that's not you know overhyped and oversold and over this and over that. So I can and give you an example one I saw recently that doesn't fit that. Sure, they're out there. Arrival. Right, that was hyped pretty good. It had a lot of press be- from critics. Sure. But there wasn't a lot of, like, everybody word of mouth kind of conversation. No, it was not until they saw it. That's the thing. Right. Well, I was going to say that about Stranger Things is Stranger Things, I saw, I started watching Stranger Things because of what I was seeing my friends and people talk about it. It was not hyped. It, there were no commercials for it. There was none of this. It was all just natural, organic thing. And then I saw it, and it genuinely interested me, so I kept watching it, which I think we see a lot more of now. Yeah, and I think what we see a lot more of is the blending of genres. Mm-hmm. Because previously it was like, oh, that's a, sci- a rival's a sci-fi film. I don't like sci-fi. And I can I haven't seen it, but I can tell you, somebody's probably going to like that that doesn't normally like sci-fi. Yeah, they will. It's a character drama, It's too. not a sci-fi. I don't... It's it, barely sci-fi. I, we yeah. can see the same thing about superhero stuff right now, depending on the movie you choose. But, you know, like Captain <laughs> America Winter Soldier was more of like a spy thriller with superhero elements thrown in there. Right. But it, it's more of a blending, and I think we're seeing that more of that. This tugs at your heartstrings, but it's also a comedy, and not just outright jokes. I think that there's a more of a blend now than there was. You know, I think I I don't disagree with you, but I think that's what has turned me off of all the Marvel stuff. Is it feels very same from picture to picture to picture to picture. It's it's. I feel like I'm not seeing any dynamicness between things. There's a few here and there. Yeah. The towns that will no, surprise I, I you. But Do- like, I mean, I, Doctor Strange was my least favorite so far because it was just Iron Man 7 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, visually amazing film. It, I agree. It was pretty. But it I mean, pretty. going back to nostalgia, I think in terms of we're presenting new stories and the genre, the genre lines are kind of falling away. I think we're retelling old stories. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're telling a lot of new stories. No. We twist a fact Star here Wars 7. Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's let's yeah, just jump to, to that. Spider-Man. <laughs> so we're going to be having our third Spider-Man on the cinematic screen, on the big screen, this summer. 
And we brought up earlier, there hasn't been that one Spider-Man actor. Oh, that's Spider-Man. Um, that's funny. And, and, but this one is not an origin film. They, they I was going to ask that, if it is or not, because I don't... It's I not. I'm sure there'll be flashbacks. I mean, imagine they'll so. do a flashback, you know... Uh, and, and, in fact, they did it in uh, Civil War, where they basically said, you know, great power comes with great responsibility, but they said it, like, seven times as long, not yeah. using those specific and words. And it was Tony Stark delivering it instead of dead Uncle Ben. You know, yeah. when you have things that help you help people, you should use those things to help those people. Is essentially what they said. It's like, just say the line. But it's Uncle Ben's line, and he has rice to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we haven't even seen Uncle Ben. Nope. In the uh, MCU. But we do have a hot Aunt May. Hot Aunt May. Hot Aunt May. Hot, that's what we've been waiting for. <laughs> but it's interesting to talk about Spider-Man and, and Tobey Maguire not being the Spider-Man, because to me, he is the Spider-Man. Because that was the last Spider-Man movie, particularly Spider-Man Two, that yeah. I watched and truly enjoyed. I didn't even see the second ones, like the the re- amazing Spider-Man. Amazing. Yes, yeah. I didn't watch it. I didn't see it because I kind of went. I already know that. I don't story. think Hollywood has managed to um, get the humor element of Spider-Man right. No, they haven't. Other I mean, they came Civil close. War. Civil War came close, but that was the first film where they kind of humanized a villain too, right? In, in the superhero realm. Yes. You know where they're Spider-Man like, Two, hey. uh, amazing film. They're for like, a lot of yeah. hey. This For villain's sure. not just out there to make things evil and take over the world. He's got he's got a the story he's the there. hero of his own story. Yeah, one of the one of the rare ones where the sequel is probably better than the original. Yeah, I For agree sure. with you. until you get to the third one. <laughs> Let's just not talk about that one. Actually, that's another topic for another day. Yeah, but exactly. The, so we're getting Spider-Man of, again. No, it's the the old question of which jump from movie to movie of a sequel was worse. Like okay. Spider-Man three or Superman three to four was that worse than <laughs> Superman two to three? Alien two to Alien three, that was pretty bad. I think Superman three to Superman four. Okay, let's come back to that another time. <laughs> Mark that down in the notes. Mark it down. <laughs> Do we have our own wiki page yet? Not yet. We we are still gaining in New Zealand though. So wiki dot com. Yeah, number one podcast in New Zealand. Yeah, sweet. Kiwis rock. <laughs> if we keep saying it, it, will happen. Kiwis. Yeah, that's the way that works. So we're gonna get another Spider-Man film this summer. Are mm-hmm. people gonna go see it? Because it's hey, Absolutely. it's Spider-Man again. It's yes. Marvel. It's comic books. It's Spider-Man. So you think they, that's that's why Sony made the deal? It's that old Nintendo gif of just printing money. Well, you notice we're not getting a uh, Marvel co-produced Fantastic Four movie. Man, well, times? and actually, it's already. I don't want to get too much onto a tangent. <laughs> but uh, it's already been confirmed that they're making a Venom film. Sony's still pushing oh, forward yeah. with a Venom Sony, film. Uh, Sony. And they're still they're moving forward with a um, Black Cat Silver Sable movie. That Which are tied dude, that's a deep cut. For, that, that's a yeah. very deep cut. <laughs> for for those of us who've read Spider-Man for years or comic book geeks, we go, we know those characters. Right, but it, it was part of the deal with Marvel with like, oh yeah, uh, Doc Ock, you get him. Vulture, you get him. We're going to take... Venom, Venom. <laughs> we're we're keeping Venom. You hey, can't have Venom. You can have him. Exactly. <laughs> Is that what happened? Because he's the ultimate stereotype of '90s comic books. I always liked Carnage. Ugh. I liked him better than Venom. I liked Venom's outfit. Yeah. But well, McFarlane. <laughs> we, we we could probably do a whole show on Todd McFarlane. So let's let's wrap up this segment with one final question. When is it okay to do a redo or a remake? Is is nostalgia 
For the sake of nostalgia, ever okay. So let's talk Ghostbusters. Let's go back to that one. It's been 30 years since Ghostbusters came out. Rough, roughly. And they've tried to make more movies like for the last 20. Right. And people were still like, don't reboot that. Don't touch it. I wasn't one of them. Um, so is there a time period? before it falls out. I mean, moratorium. I think- Here here's the thing. Here's what I think. And I've been I've been beating this drum for a while. I really need to write about it. But I think the reason Ghostbusters got the new one got ripped for the old one is that the old one was the old one was seen so many times thanks to reruns and being on TV. You just lived in a from 84 to whenever and you just saw it. You couldn't avoid it. Like Rocky, like any Schwarzenegger movie, like all these things that I love, they were Die just hard. on. No one sits down and says, I want to watch Rocky Three. It's just on. But that time is going away thanks to streaming and, and on-demand stuff. You're not exposed to things just because they were in front of you. So the more we go down that road, the more it will be okay to reboot things because my kid is never going to just see Rocky 3 because it's on and become a fan. But they're going to reboot Rocky. Yeah, I I mean, they kind of pushed that. They did the whole passing the mantle thing with uh, Creed, right? Yeah. Which they're going to make... I think that's a good way of doing it. It's set... You still have that predecessor, right? If you want to see Rocky, go see Rocky. We're going to continue selling stories in that vein right. we're going to do with a new character sure. I think that's the perfect way to do it and from what I've heard I haven't seen it they executed perfectly it was really good I don't need a Rocky cinematic universe <laughs> but it's not <laughs> as long as you're telling good character stories I mean they don't even have to reference Rocky any at a certain point that was what's good about Creed so you didn't have to know the whole arc of Rocky to make it be right? good and I think it's a great it's just way. a great boxing story yeah it's a, it's a, Isn't that more important? You know, the, a good bootstrap kid on his... You know, it was Rocky with a black guy 30 years later. It's the same story, just more modern and updated for audiences. Episode but, 7? But, but it, was its, it was its own thing. And if my, if my kid hadn't seen Star Wars already, like our Star Wars, and just started with 7, she'd be fine. So that was me being a nerd. That was my biggest problem with Ghostbusters was it was a pure reboot right it wasn't there was no reference to the original no I would have been happy they didn't have to if they would have lingered on it for 10 seconds that the Ghostbusters existed they fed faded out and started with new characters I'd be like oh that's cool but it was sort of like Sony saying like no 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 don't worry about that one we got a new one right well and I think some of that was pushback from the creators to kind of give those vocal fans a black eye there was no story reason they couldn't have existed in the same continuity. There's always a way. I don't I don't agree with that. There's always a way. You can always write yourself out of any hole. Well, that's what I'm saying. They yeah. didn't have to reboot it. No. They could have just said the Ghostbusters franchise. We saw it in Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Right? They, they were down on their luck. They were now at birthday parties. The world was saved. We don't need you anymore. Now, 20 years later, the ghosts are back. And the Ghostbusters are dead. They're on. They're old. Who knows? Here's some new girls picking up the thing. Scientists, you can take the whole gist and still put it in a bottle. And you and could have had, it. you know, their their scientific guru find something from Egon, yeah, a note he published or or some technology Lost brief textbook or something, yeah, yeah, Who and knows? then expanded and been completely fine and avoided all the fan BS. 
Probably. So how long do you guys think it's going to take before they reboot Back to the Future? Because I know the, the original I, creators... I hope they never reboot The original that. creators said, like, no, you can't touch this. Like, this is ours. We're not selling it. You can give us a check, a blank check. We're not giving it to you. Well, Universal can continue to make rides right. and do comic books and but other things. do you think, in our lifetime... Yes. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, they're going to reboot Absolutely. Back to the Future. Because, and I think it's exactly because of what I was talking about. How, like, we saw Back to the It was on TBS every weekend, just like every other movie or whatever, right? It was also the first kind of established trilogy outside of, like, Star Wars. You knew when you walked out of the theater after the first Back to the Future, there was going to be a Back to the Future 2. <laughs> you didn't know there was going to be a Back to the Future 3. They didn't know there was going to be a Back to the Future 2, but hey. Well... They took a gamble. Yeah, it's like sure. there's another but, movie that I always remember about that, which is um, Buckaroo Banzai. What? That the the ending of Buckaroo Banzai <laughs> promises a sequel. It never happened. Mm. They didn't make enough money. But do you do you consider the ending of Back to the Future like we're giving you a sequel, or do you figure it like their adventures are continuing on? And it's open ended. Like, oh, that's not just the end. He's going to go into the future, and then your imagination goes. Not when it says. Not when it says to be continued. That's yeah. that's a little, which no, was actually didn't. added. Yeah, that was, a, was the thing. But in video, when two they put and it three were created together, but one, I mean, that could have existed on its own, right. And been fine, sure. Even with that ending, like, hey, where we're going, we don't need roads. Well, yeah, with the way it yeah. ended, but yeah, when you when you tag on, yeah, to, <laughs> to be, be continued, continued, sure. So okay, we probably um, turned nostalgia into glue at this point. Remember, remember nostalgia. Remember money. Remember Doc Brown. Remember the DeLorean. I remember Doc Brown. Remember Biff. Remember Griff. Uh, I remember the Flux Capacitor. <sighs> remember when she almost got raped in the car and the guy came and saved him? That got dark real quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks. Remember ooh la la. Remember when Marty's mom got breast implants? Okay. <laughs> remember Strickland? So, uh, what's our dumb thing this week, Sean? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, Brian, you're, you got no. the floor. No, it's going to be the dumb thing. Oh, no, Brian <laughs> is not our one dumb thing. You know, I went back and forth on a few items. Obviously, I hit one of my one dumb things last time, which was fishing as a minigame inside giant sprawling role-playing games. What was our dumb thing last week? Um, I don't remember it was I so got, impactful what are the I'm, rules for dumb things it just has to be completely like what the heck it's kind of like I something that grinds your gear i got one. <laughs> this week's one dumb thing is brought to you by jared Sherup, nintendo fanboy the nintendo switch does not have a virtual console at launch okay moving on <laughs> no, seriously. That's yeah, like a could they not have solved going, that problem? Going back to the whole nostalgia theme, they have a whole library of games that people, myself included, continue to rebuy. Are continue like, here's my wallet. Give me your money. Give me the game. <laughs> I think I've bought I Super Metroid care. like four times. Exactly. Why has Nintendo not caught on to that? <laughs> they have. They just. We talked about this. They weren't ready. They aren't ready. No, th- they They're haven't been ready. ready. They haven't been ready with the last. Three consoles in which they've had a virtual console. That's true. That, just let us buy our games that we want to buy again. Hey, you can still buy it on the 3DS. Well, then I can. I can't. Can I play it on my Wii U? No. Can, you have j- to buy it on the Wii U. Okay. Anyhow, <laughs> that's a dumb thing. 
Let's move on to last thoughts. Last thoughts. So as we did last week, you get one sentence. Could be anything. What's the rule? Last thought. Last thought. Just wrap up everything one, out of everything. One liner. Hey, back to one liners. What's your last thought of the day? And we'll start with Sean, and we'll end with me. Yeah, on the spot. Here we go. So my last thought for the week is that nostalgia is not necessarily bad, but we're abusing it. I second that. It should be used like uh, salt, sparingly. Or to ward no, off no. ghosts. Salt, you can never have too too much salt. Okay, so bad example. <laughs> I was going Brian, your last thought. Uh, I'm going to think about nostalgia for a second, too, in that nostalgia is... If you didn't see it the first time, if you didn't experience it the first time, but you discover it, is it really still nostalgia? Even if it was in the realm of something else you did know. And I was thinking, I've been thinking about, because I've been playing a lot of uh, old console games. Like we were talking Turbo Graphics earlier, and I was going down that route. I've, I'm aware of Turbo Graphics. I've played it. I've played a lot of them. But you can discover new games that you've never seen before, mm-hmm. and they're really good. They get you. Is that nostalgia? Because the game quality, like I'm like I have no reference of this game, no nothing. But I'm like, this is really fun, and I'm sitting down in it, and I'm playing with it for hours. Is that nostalgia or not? But yeah, and is it nostalgia because you're tied to that gameplay, like the new games with story and cutscenes? You're like, don't have well, them. either way. You want the old school game? Is it still nostalgia to want that sort of uh, uh, delivery? So right? that's an Maybe. interesting question. I think we could pose that out to our listeners. And what do you think? Pose, pose. Hey, we are posing <laughs> a question, you guys. All right. I guess I will leave with the exactly last thought, the literal last thought. And that is, I think we're overdoing nostalgia. I think as a society of people roughly our age sitting in this room and possibly you listeners out there, um, we're too invested in what we had. You had your last thought. I, I'd like to see I more of stuff. stuff. <laughs> we can't keep talking for more hours. <laughs> we can talk for seven hours, marathon we podcast. We show and cut it and have it done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we could. Um, but no, I think I think we're too heavily invested in nostalgia. I feel with movie franchises, video games, we're, we're too invested. Let's just say franchises, not even nostalgia. I think they're, they go hand in hand. But I feel like we're too, I feel. That we're too not willing to invest in something new. We're too afraid of what's new. All right. With that, we'll wrap this episode, fade into our song of the week, and uh, see you next week. Don't forget to comment, subscribe, uh, at 4score7pongs on Twitter and 4score7pongs on Facebook. We have a website.